1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to Road Football Show. I'm Patrick Daugherty, joined as always by Denny Carter. We will be joined later in the show by Mr. Eric Samalski to talk about some streaming defenses for the fantasy playoffs. Good defenses that might have poor matchups that you might not want to play. Uh, maybe slightly worse defenses that have some good matchups. Uh, all the in-between as well. So Eric's going to tell you everything you need to know about playoff defenses. Denny and I are going to break down two wild Monday night football games. Two games that had like the same score for like a very long time. Yeah. Very strange.
2: And they were within seconds of each other. If you were watching the box score, it would be like 19 seconds left in the first half. The other game had 17 seconds. It was crazy.
1: It was very crazy. Inconceivable Dolphins loss. We'll say
2: Um,
1: a stirring Giants victory. Mr. Tommy DeVito taking the nation by storm. Boy, is Dan, Daniel Jones in hell, man. He's just <laughs> uh, just in hell. And then we're going to get to all the news from the week. Justin Herbert done for the season. The Houston Texans an in injury crisis. Uh, Jake Browning facing a really stiff test this week against the Vikings. Uh, Joe Flacco's effect on the Browns offense. Odell Beckham for Safe Flowers and much more. Actually, it might not be much more than that. It's probably going to be just about exactly that. Um, Denny, I wanted to riff about Tommy DeVito, but we have to talk about him for real in a we few do. minutes. So I think we'll just start with the Dolphins' twenty-eight to twenty-seven loss to the Tennessee Titans. This was legitimately one of the most inconceivable uh, NFL losses I've ever seen. When they went up twenty-seven to fourteen with what three minutes after two, just back-breaking Titans right. fumbles. The first Titans fumble was a backbreaker. Like that was a game ender. And they're like, well, just to be safe. We'll do it again. (laughs) And we'll do it again. The Dolphins took advantage of both, but then the Titans just scored twice. Easily. Yeah. What is this? I don't know even where to begin. What is our Dolphins concern level? It was a really, really bad game by the Dolphins. So I will say they had been getting, they had not been playing well before these two Titans fumbled. So it was not like the Dolphins deserved to win this game. Just a really, really listless, uninspiring performance. Uh, For sure, knocked Tunga Valoa out. Of the MVP race, oh, he was. Um, in he he, yeah, he was probably never in it, but he's not in it for sure now. Uh, what is the Dolphins' concern level? Well, an offense that kind of like last year came out of the gates just insanely hot, and has just been kind of like losing parts as the season has gone along.
2: I mean, look, uh, you take Tyreek Hill out of this offense, and it becomes the most mid offense in the entire league. This is what the Zoomers are saying. Uh, uh, you, you, when you have a quarterback who cannot produce anything out of structure. And I mean anything. Okay. He is, he is young Jimmy Garoppolo to oh, it. Oh man. Is. Come on, man. He is, Stop. he can't do anything unless the play is, is, is just presented to him exactly the way that Mike McDaniel con- thought of it, conceived of it in his office three nights before that game. It—it <laughs> It is, it is truly like a marvel that they've gotten this far with a guy who can't who can't produce, who 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 can't create yards, who can't create points unless everything goes exactly right. Tua is now, through week 14, uh, 22nd out of 33 qualifying quarterbacks in yards per attempt while under pressure, okay? I just looked at all his under pressure numbers, right? Um, only three quarterbacks have a lower completion rate under pressure. Those quarterbacks, Pat, you may have heard of them. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Bryce Young, and w- Will Levis. Um, and, uh, Tua also ranks 33rd out of 33 qualifying quarterbacks in pressure rate faced, meaning that he rarely sees pressure, but man, when he does it all, it all collapses. And we, and we saw that last night, it, it, it collapsed and this offense cannot function when things are not perfect for Tua
1: and this haven't been perfect a lot in the second half of the season. There's been a lot of games though. Like he wasn't challenged in the jets game. He wasn't challenged in the commanders game. They weren't perfect in the Raiders game. Somehow he had a pretty good fantasy day, but gosh, he he's had more than he hasn't had more than two scores since before Halloween. He has only six touchdowns, passing touchdowns over his past five starts. It has not been happening in fantasy. I've been kind of slow to adjust in the rankings, all 32 teams, though, are back this week. Uh, Tua, still, he's still a set-and-forget QB1 because the floor is okay. The upside, in theory, is still there. But, man, I know they have a rematch of the Dolphins this week. I don't feel like super great about Tua. For the a first week with, of the fantasy playoffs, yeah. you
2: said rematch with the Dolphins. Who, who did you mean? Excuse me, the the Jets, the New York yeah.
1: Football Jets.
2: Oh, I feel terrible. Te- I feel terrible about that game. Are you kidding me?
1: yeah d- d- I didn't misspeak. Well, the Dolphins are playing the Dolphins.
2: I oh, I, yeah. You know, I'm sorry. That I, didn't but, I don't ever, uh, I don't ever misspeak. No. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I couldn't. I actually could, I was trying to rack my brain and be like, oh, you mean the? But I had no idea. So, um, yeah, no, no. This Jets defense is 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 a real defense. We saw that last week against. CJ Stroud and the Texans. I, I, I bench CJ Stroud in a couple spots because I just didn't like the matchup. And I know, look, I mean, you're probably not doing better off the waiver wire, but Tua is in a in a very bad spot this week. He
1: is, and just this, this is an absolutely pointless debate that I've been kind of obsessed with for no reason. But like the sh- sh- the Shanahanigans, yeah. like the quarterbacks of the Shaney system, Brock Purdy versus Tua, it's like not even close. Like Brock Purdy is. Brock, pretty, I he I'm not only am I ready to I threw in the towel that he's good. I admitted he was good, you know, like uh, like a week ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're only eight weeks
1: deep now. Now I'm admitting that he really he actually really does deserve MVP consideration, and I understand all the counterpoints to it. Yeah, he's he's not even the best player in his own offense. as Trent Williams. He's not even the most important skill player. as what? Christian McCaffrey. But he's an MVP
2: candidate. Wait, wait, you say Trent Williams is the best player on the team? Is that yeah, saying? Yeah, he is for sure. Okay. For sure. I'll he take actually
1: you. that actually I don't think is really that controversial of a take. Um uh,
2: I, I yeah. just I've never I didn't know we evaluated offensive linemen. They
1: instantly lost three games when he was hurt. so like I think even that kind of confirmed it a little. Uh he, he's the best player on the team.
2: I think I still think it's Dak. Um, but sure. Uh Purdy is definitely in the conversation and uh the Joe Montana comps are gonna be wonderful this postseason.
1: The difference between Purdy and Tua, and the difference between Purdy and Jimmy G, is that Purdy like loves to freelance. He does. I'm sure, I'm sure Kyle Shanahan is like horrified and maybe a little mortified by it, but learning to accept it. Uh,
2: imagine Tua Tagovailoa, throw, Tagovailoa, throwing back across his body. No, no, what no, would never happened. Well, you look at you saw at the end of at the end of the game at the end of the Titans game. I, I'm really I'm I'm really not trying to like like bury Tua here, but. That was one uh, the the color commentator on the on the broadcast said. What was that? What what what, what was what was that uh, that whole setup? Like you can't even pretend to throw a pass when. You have to hustle up and like run a play and convert a fourth and short to keep the game going. That wasn't even close. No, that, that was embarrassing. No that, that was embarrassing. That was, that embarrassing was, embarrassing. was Lewis
1: Riddick and Dan Orlovsky with Mr. Chris Fowler. The yeah, man, R- Riddick, Riddick
2: was making some good points that I think we should consider about Tua and his ability to do things on his own.
1: So, what's going to happen when Tua just torches the Jets, though?
2: He's not going to. He's not no. <laughs> Tua, no, Tua's going to. No, is going to. Just, you know, favorite, favorite, favorite for later two is going to fall apart. What oh, man do
1: you want to know what Tua's fantasy playoff schedule is? Huh. I don't know how this is real. This is versus Jets versus Cowboys at Ravens. Well, it sounds sounds uh, over to me. Yikes. <laughs> it's it's to, to over to over. Um, <laughs> That's what they're saying. <laughs> week 18 against the Bills, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're so you've said it's over for Tua. It seems a bit strong to me, but uh, is, is it over for Devin Achan? He had 20 touches in week 13 in his return mm-hmm. uh, 14 or excuse me, 12 against the Titans last night found the end zone twice in week 13 did not find the end zone last night where he returned returned his battering ram roll. Uh, unsurprisingly, since he's come back from the injury, the we haven't seen the explosive plays. We have seen the long awaited long foretold regression How do we regard Devin Achan heading into the fantasy playoffs? I ranked him as an RB1 Mm -hmm. for week 14. Feels really silly in immediate hindsight. What are we doing with him going forward?
2: I think we've seen Mostert and Achan take very distinct roles in this Miami offense. In a a, a Miami offense that likes to be run heavy when it can be. In other words, when they uh, can maintain some neutral or positive game script, uh, A-Chan ran 22 routes against the Titans, saw nine targets. Mostert ran 19 routes, saw one target. Um, Interestingly, and just looking at how how they were used, uh, I I sort of have a theory on A-Chan as the being used as basically the wide receiver three behind Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Uh, 13 of A-Chan's 22 routes against Tennessee came from the slot or out Mm -hmm. wide. They're, they're actually doing it, huh?
1: They're using a running back in the slot.
2: They're finally they're doing they're doing the thing that I got so upset about in the in this past off season. It when when Arthur Smith was like, "We're going to use P- Bajan in the slot," and I said that never happens. And now it's happening on two and in, in two cases, and with Robinson and with with HN. Uh, so, no, no. <laughs> if you ch- check my bio, uh, A-Chan got all the two minute snaps against the Titans. Mostert had five goal line snaps to zero for a uh, and So we, we know what's going to happen here. a not going to see those goal line looks, um, but he is going to see a lot of uh, passing down work uh, and, and targets. And, you know, he just didn't break loose last night. You know, there were a couple, I think, close plays where where he they, they were real close to getting him into a spot where he could break loose against the Titans. Didn't work. But I'm 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 not discouraged by his usage. He had nine targets. This night. I didn't realize it was that many. Uh, there was a lot, I was missing a little
1: detail: the two games at once thing. Like I know ESPN is trying to figure out how to make the most money off of like these Monday night double headers. I would strongly suggest the not two games at once approach.
2: That was a little. It was a, it's a little tough because you want to see both, and there's no way. Yeah, this you- is this
1: is my sacred couch time. I don't want to be trying to like. Uh, yeah, every time you flip. Like then, like the other game, somehow goes in the red yeah. zone, and like you always miss the actually important plays. I don't know why they've given up on the true doubleheader. I guess they did not like the ten p.m. Eastern start time. I didn't mind the Central time zone.
2: Well, yeah, but it was a it was a, a crime against East Coasters. Well, But it, that's
1: I thought you guys are used to World Series first pitch at twelve o five a.m. Eastern.
2: Right, right, right. The, 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 se- the, the, the secret is we don't watch baseball. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I walked right into that one <laughs> you did. Uh, darn that's a shame denny is will levis making himself the 2024 starter for the titans we say stuff like this after he has a good game once like this yeah. has happened twice you know <laughs> will levis has good game once although he now has a good game twice is he gonna become the 2024 starter
2: i mean right? probably i i think that he does you know, he has that dog. I mean, good grief, he has that dog. Um, you know, he, he basically, like, runs like a running back, with, with lowering his shoulder into defenders. Uh, you know, I, I think he does what Mike Vrabel likes a quarterback to do, which is not much. Um, you know, and, like, Mike Vrabel doesn't, you know, for all the good things that he's done as a coach, he doesn't want an offense that gains a lot of yards, puts up a lot of points. He just doesn't. He's just been very clear. I don't want that. And so I, I think that Will Levis can run an offense like like Vrabel wants, which is the Tannehill uh, sort of offense under control, very balanced or very run heavy depending on the matchup. Uh, and uh, I, I think that Levis is, is that kind of guy. He also just fits. I just feel like he just fits the Titans. I don't. know. He does. He is a Titan.
1: They were him and Rabel were broing out on the sidelines actually in a way. Like Ryan Tannehill, like, he'd be like, get off your reading glasses. You're, you're reading a book over here. What's right. this all about? Right. Like, w- Will Levis, I mean, forget a pot of coffee. It seemed like in his postgame interview, he just drank an entire pot of, like, uh, that really dangerous Panera lemonade. Lemonade,
2: yes, the killer yeah. lemonade.
1: <laughs> yeah, the killer. I think it's this killer lemonade. Don't sue us, Panera, please, please. Actually, please, please sponsor us. But you should maybe consider putting less caffeine in your lemonade. But he <laughs> had just drank an entire pot of that, and he was like vibrating off my television screen. He was like, "Wow, I mean, I know the adrenaline's coursing through your body yeah. after that dub." Uh,
2: but, let uh, me tell you something about my guy Will Levis. He did not go to bed last night. No. No, he
1: didn't. Oh, no, he did not. No, he did not.
2: He didn't didn't sleep.
1: Didn't he? for a bit you've done the meat mountain. Do you need to maybe drink like a quart of the of the the heart attack lemonade?
2: <laughs> no. I don't know. that put myself in real danger. I, I'd have to do that like in a hospital.
1: You and I just do it in the hospital parking lot. You did the I, other one from a parking lot.
2: Yeah, I could I could stream myself in a in a hospital gown. Uh, drinking, drinking the lemonade with three doctors looking on, yeah. jotting down notes as I, as I <laughs> just park in the away.
1: ambulance bay at the local hospital, um, <laughs> and then get arrested. <laughs> of course, you, uh, you flatline as you're getting arrested from the lemonade. <laughs> this is getting too too? This uh, too that got dark. That did get very dark, man. That, I was at Panera recently. And they have a warning sign up in the restaurant. Like maybe you just shouldn't sell it. Just don't sell the lemonade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you just shouldn't sell it. People are like, I'm afraid for my health. I Don't do that. Yeah, do not do that. Do not go away because we will be right back after this. This holiday season, get the fantasy fan in your life, the exclusive RotoWorld World Draft Guide bundle featuring expert analytics, player insights, and season-long tools. Get all three of the draft guides for one low price. Go to nbcsports.com/slash holidaybundle and use promo code HOLIDAY23 at checkout to receive 25% off
0: So, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: The Dolphins-Titans, weird game. Not a lot of takeaways. Takeaways are getting fewer and farther between this late in the season because we know these teams very well. I feel like we don't quite know the Packers very well because is, we're getting a totally different Jordan Love with and without Christian Watson. you think that's fair to say? For Jordan Love's hot streak, it didn't necessarily come to like a screeching halt, but it was his worst game in a while in New York last night. Only he had one passing touchdown. Did he have a rushing touchdown? I can't remember. No, only one touchdown last night as few passing yards like over two months is yeah. it fair to declare that a trend it's not something to be concerned about jordan love for his future i guess at this point because it's a good sign that he can be really good yeah. with the receiver like christian watson but is, are we declaring this a trend that love is not nearly streamable when he doesn't have Chris, christian watson
2: yeah no i mean the, all the downfield stuff uh goes away yeah it just it just does like i know romeo dobbs I heard some chatter uh, late last week about like, oh, Dobbs will just take on the Watson role, but that Dobbs no. doesn't do that. Like, they don't, I don't like think, Dobbs. They don't, they don't like, like him. But also, Christian Watson uh, coming into the into the NFL was was a, a, an unbelievable prospect from a speed standpoint, and Dobbs was not exactly so. Uh, yeah uh the, the 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 top has been sort of lopped off the Packers passing attack with Watson out uh Jaden Reed last night against the Giants was clearly the number one receiver and man do they like to give that guy some end arounds. Whew. They're very into that um, yeah so but Reed ran 70 percent of the routes um only saw uh six percent of the air yards but 10 targets to lead the team Dobbs Dobbs saw seven. Uh, he caught eight of them for only 27 yards. He had the rushing touchdown. Uh, and, and, wait, did he also have a receiving touchdown? Maybe he did.
1: Jaden Reed did not have a receiving no, touchdown. He no, the, the rushing. Okay. We're really trying to make him Debo 2.0. Yeah.
2: Eight. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, the uh, <laughs> floor has, has said like Jaden Reed is like my war horse or something like that. <laughs> like he really, really is into Jaden Reed. So, I think we should kind of listen to that and just know that as long as Christian Watson is out and maybe when he comes back, the Packers are committed to force forcing the ball into Jaden Reed's hands.
1: Like you said, they had kind of been doing it even before Christian Watson went out. Yeah. You know, Dobbs this week. He doesn't crack probably the top 40. He's right around. He's a, he's a legit wide receiver four, but he's not getting in the top 36 the way Jaden Reed is and the Packers this week are playing the Buccaneers. So a good matchup. It is. Jaden Reed will definitely, he might be cracking the top 30 actually um, at wide receivers. So Jaden Reed, he is, I wasn't asking which Packers wide receiver is the one we want to be playing. It's definitely Jaden Reed. It is. Yeah. Dontavian Wicks, maybe like a dark horse top 50. Like if you really need some like mega upside off your bench, but also a zero point floor.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, Malik Heath sort of came, came in there and took, took some oh, yeah. route away from, uh, from Wicks. So that that's a little tough but if you if you have reed and you you sort of you know had him on your bench for a while maybe you started him there here or there i mean now now coming into the fantasy playoffs he is uh, he's like a rock solid ppr option
1: he is um, producer adam of uh, dontavian wicks injured his ankle last night and That's i was i don't know if you know this i have friends i was watching the game with friends for once it's very hard to get to watch games when you cover the nfl okay. <laughs> and uh, they were like who the hell is malik heath and I was like, I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, I know. I know who every player is. I know who Malik Heath is and why he's getting end zone targets right now. Uh, let me be. I'll be right. I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> and I went and looked him up. <laughs> and like, oh, he's an undrafted free agent out of Ole Miss. I'm surprised you didn't know
2: that, um, friends. Wait, I me? Oh, no, no, oh. Like my
1: friends who are asking oh. me.
2: I, I'm I'm a Malik Heath truther. No one, you know, no one knows more about Malik no, Heath than no, I do. No one
1: knows more than you do about Malik Heath. Speaking of truther, finally, we waited too long on the show to talk about Tommy DeVito. Uh, yes, I'll just I'll start with this. I, I'm not I'm not saying this is a bit. And so, give a serious answer: Is I mean, Tommy DeVito better than Daniel Jones?
2: I mean, I, I think that the Giants' offense functions. More like a professional team with Tommy DeVito than with Daniel Jones. I have some numbers, if you like.
1: Oh, I would do. I would very much so.
2: I texted you before the show. I said I have quote the goods. And
1: then I quote left you on
2: read. You did, which didn't is, mean which, to
1: do that. I forgot
2: to respond. Didn't, uh, didn't make me mad. I wasn't <laughs> no, mad. About that. I
1: just forgot to um,
2: respond. So all right, listen. Look, this, this, these are just the numbers, okay? If you you could get mad at me, but I'm just delivering the news here. Um, Daniel Jones was 34th in adjusted EPA per drop back before his season-ending injury. 34th, the only the only guy worse was Zach Wilson. Devito, since taking over, and this includes that really rough start against Dallas, Devito since taking over is 16th in adjusted EPA per drop back. That's right around Gardner Minshew. Okay. It's actually a little bit above Gardner Minshew. Um, when you look at net adjusted, adjusted yards per attempt, this is like a, a very uh, telling stat as to how efficient a guy is at when he passes the ball. Daniel Jones was at 2.6 net adjusted yards per attempt before his injury. 2.6. That is unimaginably low. Okay. DeVito is around five, which isn't great by the way. It's not great, but it's not 2.6. What I'm saying is, Tommy DeVito is has been better this year, and I think that it shows. I don't, from a real football standpoint, it shows the teams cannot just completely fold after their quarterback has one good game in the playoffs. No, no, I know,
1: and they also just can't fold when the starter goes down. It's what we saw with Tommy DeVito, of course, his infamous first appearance where they totally Zach Wilsoned him. Yeah, I would not <sighs> throw. And it shockingly was a total fiasco. You might need the quarterback in a football game to occasionally throw the football. And so they have been rewarded. They're actually winning games by letting Tommy DeVito throw. And I don't know if Tyrod Taylor or Tommy DeVito are truly quote better than Daniel Jones, but I just know they highlight his limitations so much. Right? Tyrod Taylor is almost as conservative as Daniel Jones, but he's more accurate than Daniel Jones. So I think he did a better job moving the chains in that regard, Tommy DeVito's just more aggressive. He actually tries to make big plays. He has, like, that dog in him. And I just don't know, like, what is it that Daniel Jones does here is what I just don't understand. I mean, he had a career year last year. A lot of guys never have a – they never have their career. They just don't even ever have a good season. Daniel Jones did, but it was just – it felt like they were hitting on 17 at the time, and it just really, really seems like now that they hit on 17 and have gone bust and that Tyrod Taylor – and Tommy DeVito, the team has the team has been like you said, unquestionably more fun to watch with both Tyron Taylor yes. and Tommy DeVito,
2: and that cannot be a good sign. I mean, DeVito, like they're going to beat the Saints this week. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: The yeah, they are. I'll give you that game, by the way, so you can see Derek Carr yelling some
2: more. Yeah, no, please, yes, that'd be great. And and well, mostly I just want to see Taysom. Please play Taysom. Please play. Um, <clears throat> so uh, yeah, they're going to beat the Saints. And they they, they they could beat pretty much anyone except for like the elite teams right now. Um,
1: you, you're that Devito pilled? Oh,
2: I'm Devito pilled. Wow. And you know what? It's the vibes. Greg Rosenthal from NFL Network said this is the Giant Saints matchup will show the power of vibes and the giants have all the vibes right now i mean it's fun they're having fun they you know they're doing the italian thing they're running around they you know it's, it's a good it's a good time and no one's having fun in new orleans no nope. i really which is it's new orleans it's pretty hard not to have a good time in new orleans and Derek Carr
1: has made it possible I, that game is sadly in new orleans i really really wish that game was in new jersey oh man It'd be the final desolation of the New Orleans Saints (laughs) if it were in New Jersey. It would. The fact that it's at home (laughs) does give them a chance. Yeah. The DeVito train ends the season at New Orleans, at Philadelphia, versus the Rams, versus the Eagles. So, uh, pretty tough schedule. And some complex defenses, some complex defensive minds he's facing. I would be – if I were the Eagles, I'd be paying attention. The Eagles vibes aren't necessarily bad, but the Eagles, man – that was pretty rough what the NFL did to the Eagles. That's five game slate on their schedule. that is had. I really think that's what's going on with the Eagles. I mean, of course the defense was already regressing this year, but I mean, you put they played the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bills, the 49ers, and the Cowboys again. Like, how are you supposed to like, emerge from that that slate standing? And they went three and two during that five game slate. Yeah. But it's not surprised that they just like look and feel like totally battered right now. The Eagles and yeah, that's about as brutal of a five game stretch as I've ever seen in the NFL. But Tommy, uh, we'll, we'll see how far this goes. Um, man, Daniel Jones, he, he's just screwed. Like, the New York Post is like every day having like a new, like crazy back tabloid headline. Like, it's just over for Daniel Jones, man. It,
2: it is, but he's going to be the quarterback there for the next two years at least.
1: I think only next year. He has 36 million guaranteed next year. Next year's the year they can't get out of. I do think they can get out of it in 2025. And I wouldn't be shocked if he became the $36 million number two next year. He Not to begin the year. Man, this guy's leash is going to be so short to begin the season.
2: Yeah, it short. will be. It will be. Because Dable's job will be riding on next year, um, on what they can do yeah, next yeah, yeah. year. Uh, I, yeah, maybe maybe he he eventually just – they have to put him up in, in the backup role. But uh, congratulations on Daniel Jones for getting paid. That's what I'll say.
1: Uh, yeah, congratulations. Dave. Actually uh, – like no joke. Please. No, I mean, so your congratulations!
2: Vikings, yeah, he, he he capitalized. He had a good game against the Vikings in the playoffs. No, he got paid. What? <laughs> oh, what? That's
1: what happened. Was a, he had a few more good games than that, but man, he wouldn't have. If they had Brian Flores. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. What Brian Flores yeah. is doing on the defensive side of the ball for the Vikings. Justin Herbert done for the season. He had never missed a game. A starter. He already had a broken finger on his non-throwing hand, a broken finger on his throwing hand, did the job. The season's already over anyway for the Chargers. So like, who cares? But yeah. this is an offense that was – Justin Herbert was falling out of the top 12 even for his injury. And really, not to be a Herbert excuse maker, it wasn't because of anything he was doing. Supporting cast is just a total joke. And now what? what is the state of the Chargers without Justin Herbert for the final four games of the season?
2: It's not good is what I, is what I would say. But uh, I do have some hope. For Keenan Allen, at least, uh, which is really all that matters here. I know folks who have Keenan Allen thought that they were set up pretty good for the fantasy playoffs and uh, not as much right now, but I do have a little bit of good news. If I could find it in my notes, there it is. Um, Easton Stick, who came in for, and Easton Stick, look, folks are asking, is he a real person? Yes, he (laughs) is a real person. Okay. And that's his name. And I appreciate it if you don't make fun of Easton Stick. Uh, He came in, he threw 24 passes. Uh, Against the Broncos last week, he did make some catastrophic errors. But as far as targeting goes, he targeted Keenan Allen on 10 of his 24 attempts. That's a 41% target share. We like that. We do like that. And a lot of them were very close to the line of scrimmage when we like that as well. Uh, Easton targeted uh, Austin Eckler on five of those 24 throws. That's a 21%. So when we combine those two numbers, we get 62%. And that's a that's a pretty I think it we can kind of from, from a fantasy standpoint, we can kind of work with that. You know, just a, a bunch of checkdowns from Easton Stick keeps Eckler alive and keeps Keenan Allen alive.
1: He's got the feisty Raiders defense, but they're not that feisty on Thursday night. Then they have the Bills on Saturday in week 16. Then at they got, they got the Broncos for the fantasy finals in week 17. That's going to be a bit of a
2: problem. It right? is. Keenan Allen and the, Austin Eckler. The Broncos since week eight are by almost every measure, the best defense in the NFL.
1: Man. So we'll just stick in that vein because since I believe like week four, the Vikings have been like almost historically good. Correct. I I think they've been like, like stunningly dominant since week three or four. And this brings me to, I I don't know if you have any stats on the Vikings defense, but also Jake Browning, uh, he got home again in week 14 but where it was four good quarters against the Jaguars for Jake Browning it mm-hmm. was more like four good throws for Jake Browning against the Colts and they were all screens with like 40 yards of yak does the Jake Browning party which was already kind of winding down against the Colts does it end outright against Brian Flores and the Vikings this weekend uh
2: yes but also i think you're actually overselling Browning's performance last week i think it was like 150 yards of yak on okay. on some screen throws so uh, I mean he's doing what he's asked to do, and he doesn't, I'm sure Jake Browning doesn't care about stats at all. Like he just he just desperately wants to win for for his team. Uh, but he will be in hell this week. He will. Um, and I just I want to warn folks like you got you, you know, if you've been like in a really tough spot and you've had to start Jake Browning either in like a one quarterback or maybe a super flex league over the past couple weeks, and you got no you gotten away with it, and it's felt felt so good. You gotta, you gotta bail. You have to bail right now. I'm telling you that you have to find another option because he's not going to get it done against the Vikings. I mentioned that the Broncos somehow are the best defense in the NFL since like late September, early October. Well, the Vikings are are the second best. Okay. And mm-hmm. if you look at EPA numbers, drop back EPA, rush EPA, overall, it's just it's they're they're really good. Brian Flores is using a mix. Uh, this is according to the the film the film Bros, uh, a, a mix of uh, exotic blitzes and zone coverages that are just putting quarterbacks in a blender. Aiden O'Connell w- looked honestly clueless. I had that game on 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 Sunday, clueless <laughs> against Minnesota. He had no idea what was coming. Okay, and he tried tried to adjust. Oh, you get here, you get and no and no, he, he no. <laughs> they, they, the Raiders had no counter to what Brian Flores was doing. So I really do think that we have to look at the Vikings defense way differently than we're used to.
1: We we do. And boy, the Vikings, they fired the old guy. Once they had like that, I think it was Ed Donatel, Ed Donatel. Mm-hmm. They basically scapegoated him after their loss, to the giants last year, but it was a very good decision. It but was. It turns Brian it out. Flores did the same thing in Miami. He put right. quarterbacks in a blender. Yes. That's why I was so stunned. He was fired. Dolphins fans at the time though were like, yes, he's great at defense but he hates scoring points. He does so much. And that was his downfall as head coach, but he'll get a second opportunity.
2: He will get a second. And I hope that he hands the offense over to someone and says, okay, that you do all that stuff and I'll, I'll yes. manage the, the the team and the defense because, because wow. I mean, he really, really can just confuse the hell out of quarterbacks.
1: He can't sticking with quarterbacks. We have not touched on CJ Stroud's concussion, Nico Collins's calf injury, a yeah. tank Dell, of course, out for the season makes it really hard to know what to do with the Texans heading into the fantasy playoffs. They have the Titans this weekend. The total is currently only 37 and a half. I mean, let's start with if CJ Stroud is cleared and played plays, let's assume Nico Collins is out with his aggravated calf issue. Is CJ Stroud and is he, can we possibly put him in the top 12? with his limited so. supporting casting coming off the head injury.
2: No, I don't think so. I, I, I think you have to, I mean, you probably don't have a better option, but like he can't be a top 12 uh, play. I, I I, really do think that the Texans season largely ended with the tank Dell injury.
1: They are running out of gas. Yeah, I know, man. Um, tell me uh, me too.
2: Just Yeah. To I honest. mean, yeah. I mean, all my best ball teams died as well, uh, along with the Texans playoff hopes. So you, you lose Dell, you lose Nico Collins to the calf. It's the same calf he hurt earlier this year. Yeah. Um, it's It's over probably for Houston and and uh, Noah Brown and or Robert Woods will be their wide receiver one going forward.
1: And they Noah Brown and Robert Woods, this is not a joke combined for one catch for negative two yards against the Jets.
2: Uh,
1: tough matchup, but was, uh, Noah Brown, I sorry, everyone used to hear me make the same joke over and over again. but to use Kyle, Kyle Dvorak didn't make this phrase, but he popularized it. Uh, Noah Brown is quote zero balled back to back games since mm-hmm. returning from his knee injury,
2: and because of that, yeah, because of that, uh, Noah Brown may or may not be in the regression files tomorrow on NBC. <laughs> I
1: know, just like we're, I, we we got to play him this week is the problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yo, you so have to zero catches on seven targets the past two weeks. Would you absolutely have to play him against the Tennessee Titans? Oh, oh, oh. We regret to inform. I can't wait to read what you wrote about that situation. Oh, it's uh, bleak. It's a very disturbing situation. I have CJ Stroud, by the way. This is my initial rankings. I'm just the QB 18. I have him behind such luminaries as Baker Mayfield and (laughs) Joey Flacco.
2: Oh, yeah. No, listen. If you have Flacco on the wire, I'm actually in this position in one league. I'm playing Flacco over Stroud.
1: So let's just stick with Flacco. What has been the Flacco effect on the Browns offense? Can they possibly keep throwing 40 times a game? We know that they almost certainly want to go more run heavy. But they just might not even have the personnel for that. The Bears defense, along with the Vikings defense, along with the Broncos defense, has been a big second half improver. Uh, can we hit on 17 again with Joe Flacco this weekend against the Chicago Bears, did he?
2: I think so. I mean, the Bears defense has improved, but it's primarily their their rush defense that has improved. Uh, they are slowly becoming a pass funnel and this is not to say that teams are like, are like picking on the, the, the bears pass defense. They're not, but they are turning toward the pass. So I think that in other words, we're going to see another pass heavy script for Cleveland before Flacco came in. Uh, Cleveland was 4% under their expected drop back rate on the season. Okay. Since Flacco has been under center, they're 6% over that expected drop back rate. That's a huge shift. Okay. Um, Fourth highest neutral pass rate over the past two weeks. Wow. So it's it, it's it's not like it's not like they're getting behind and they're just having to throw through a throw. They're throwing when the game is neutral when when the game is within seven points. In other words, and it's early downs uh, and it's on the early downs. So it's lots of pass volume. It's so good. It's so good for Njoku for Cooper possibly for Elijah Moore if if he can ever catch one ball. Uh, no, it,
1: well, Elijah Moore got the classic. Joe Flacco got a real receiver once. Amari so Cooper came back.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> immediately locks on to Mark. Right. Once Cooper was cleared, I kind of bailed on uh, yeah. on more for for several reasons. But, really uh, but but yeah, and also I did. I wanted to mention both the Bears and the Browns are in the top five in plays allowed to their to their opponents. So we are going to see a lot of plays, just like we saw last week. We saw an insane number of plays between Jacksonville and Cleveland. Think we'll see something similar this week.
1: That was an insane number of players. That was a strange game. That was a really, really strange game. Joe Flacco is a strange guy. Man, the Jets. I guess I could see how Joe Flacco and Aaron Rodgers couldn't coexist in the same locker room because there was Joe Flacco. Was it Joe and Lamar? Where Joe's like, I'm not going to mentor this guy. Oh, <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> like, mentor. Like, that's not, that's not, my, not my job. That's right. And, and, or maybe he did that with the Broncos. I heard Joe Black was just straight up like, I'm not, I'm
2: not, I think it was Drew Locke.
1: I'm not mentoring Drew Locke. Are like, you crazy? Yeah, you're right. You freaking it, crazy? But, but he,
2: he also was obviously not pleased about being uh, run out of town in Baltimore as well. No, no. Um, so, um, but really with, with the Jets situation, I actually think that they were in a spot now, you know, in hindsight, they were in a spot where they couldn't bring in someone who was good. They couldn't bring in No, no they could not for ego reasons. Yeah. Right. It's like they had to roll with bad quarterbacks to make Aaron Rodgers feel good. They did. No, I'm I'm one hundred
1: percent believe that theory. Yeah. Uh, well they they signed up his guy, you know, his drinking buddy like Tim Boyle or his uh, aluska but however you pronounce that. Yeah. Right. Hallucinogen. Uh, they got Tim Boyle. I, Tim Boyle, don't sue me. I have no idea what you do off the field, um, <laughs> what your consumption habits are. <laughs> We're like, yeah, whatever.
2: he's not going to get hurt. Just sign Tim Boyle. Who cares? And he's instantly hurt. But but in in this way, Pat, in this way, it means that the Jets had to concede to a lost season once once Rogers went down. Because if they had signed Flacco, Flacco does well, and there are some rumblings about like, well, how can you bench Flacco? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean they
1: bro- that's the thing that's just so stupid. They would have benched him still. Yeah, <laughs> but, of course like, they would have. They would be in the playoffs right now if they had made Joe Flacco yeah. the backup and not Tim absolutely it's abundantly clear. They played really well with him last year. Just abundantly, yes. abundantly. They were almost ready for Eric Smolski. but real quick, break down Odell Beckham versus a Flowers.
2: It remains a confusing situation yeah. to me. Uh, yeah, it, it is. It is a weird. It's a weird situation because you have Flowers running all the routes. You have uh, Beckham running like half the routes, which is just maddening because he's been super efficient and that efficiency would go down if he, if he were out there more, but over the past three weeks, uh, Odell has 44% of the air yards despite running 50% of the routes. Okay. The next closest guy on the Ravens is Rashad Bateman with 22% of the air yards. It's not close. Like, like uh, uh, Odell is seeing all the downfield stuff they uh OBJ and Flowers have the same target share over the past 3 weeks but OBJ is being targeted on 36% of his routes that's one of the highest in the entire league it's double that's double the rate of Zay Flowers uh i guess the takeaway is you can start both uh but the OBJ's profile leaves something to be de- desired i would say
1: so Zay Flowers is does too i feel like they're using Zay like exactly like he did at Boston College which Our friend Eric Froton described to me like it was a terrible offense. They had no coaching. They had no skill. So they had to just solely manufacture touches for Zay Flowers, but he's capable of more. But the Ravens are like, what if we just treated him like that still, even though we made him a first-round pick, and there's a lot of talent in this offense. And I feel like they need to be willing to open it up uh, with Mr. Zay Flowers. So we're going to be willing to open it up with Mr. Eric Smolsky when we return right after this. This Sunday is an AFC showdown of playoff implications when Lamar Jackson and the Ravens tra- travel to Jacksonville for a date with the Jaguars. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC sports shows on Amazon music. Just head to amazon.com slash NBC sports.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. And on it there will be many chicken sandwiches but there's only one McD crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour
1: We are now joined by our friend and colleague Mr. Eric Samalski. you may know him from such Rotor World specialties as baseball and football <laughs> and blurbing with us every Sunday this season he's a two sport he's a two-way Shohei Ohtani how are you doing? Have you recovered yet, mentally, physically, spiritually, from the Bills' victory over the Chiefs on Sunday?
3: Um, I mean, I had until basically everybody wanted to talk about how it was such a cool play, and uh, didn't <clears> matter <throat> that oh, the rules on, were broken
1: man. that uh, we should have we should have let it stand.
3: <laughs> I,
2: I I agree. I, if a play is that cool, we got to consider it.
1: You got, I will I, say we're seeing legendary levels of cope from the Chiefs. So I am truly I legendary. Have, I've seen more screenshots of just
3: players lined up offsides in the last 24 <laughs> I know, hours that I've seen. I know. <laughs> maybe in the history of my football viewing up until yeah. now. It's crazy. I think there were a few going viral from
1: the Dolphins game last. I think Jalen is like lining on both sides, apparently. Yeah, and they're like all from different
3: angles. Like one is down the line. Some are like at a at a 45 degree angle. I'm like, I don't know where anybody's
1: standing, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. There's a lot there. of deceptive angles. Did you guys see? There's a Sapruder. <laughs> Of Kadarius <laughs> Tony, like motioning to the ref, like being like, "We cool." Yeah, like, I don't know if I the ref know. has any reaction. Well, they, they apparently interpreted that? that as he was cool. I, I
3: love that every. Yeah, there's a lot of like, oh, he checked, and like oh. multiple former NFL players are like, he pointed at the ref before he was even on the line of scrimmage. Then he didn't look at the ref to see if the ref said anything, and then he he lined up. It's like, no, that's not that's not checking. But yeah, whatever. I bad. mean, hopefully, you know, we'll get some football games in under our belt and we'll start talking about something different.
1: Yeah. that was Abraham's Zapruder's finest work. I think finding uh, <laughs> Kadarius Tony sort of motioning to the ref and <laughs> finding out if he was onside or not. But Eric does a weekly defensive rankings and streamers article for us. So he's, he's an expert on this and defenses. We've been talking about it on the show lately. Kyle and I've been talking about our Monday stream. They're more important this time of year. You're much more likely yeah. to carry two defenses this time of year. Some people, might even cut roster deadweight and start carrying three defenses. Eric, let's just start with we'll – do, we'll do a few of these. Just Who are some defenses with some of the very best setups and matchups for the fantasy playoff? Like Who is your favorite fantasy defense? Let's start there Sure, for the fantasy so playoffs. We'll go with – um,
3: tomorrow morning um, on NBC Sports, you'll see an updated version um, of my playoff defense rankings. There is a version currently up there. Um, every week I've been updating it uh, with – Kind of just updating what the the points allowed are, so we kind of get an update of uh, what the offenses, um, an accurate reflection of what the offenses these defenses will face are doing. Uh, my number one defense for the playoffs is the Browns, so I should probably, you know, shout out the Browns. Um, their matchups are against the Bears, the Texans, and the Jets. Um, obviously, the Bears are a little bit of a, I guess, a worse matchup. Um, because, you know, Justin Fields, since, they've come, since he's come back, has they've been using him more on the ground. Uh, the Bears are only allowing the 15th most points to fantasy defenses over the last month. Um, so they're not kind of like the smash spot they were before. Um, the Jets are actually my second-ranked defense. Uh, they've faced the Dolphins, but then they get the Commanders and the Browns um, the last two weeks of the playoffs. So, so that's really strong. And then uh, rounding, the 49ers are my third. And then two that I think are under-rostered, rounding out my top five, uh, the Chiefs, are only 61% rostered right now. Um, They've kind of let people down in the past, but they get the Patriots, the Raiders, um, and then the Bengals. And then uh, the Broncos are only 10% rostered. Um, They have been uh, really good of late. They averaged 10.4 fantasy points per game over the last six weeks they get the lions and then they end with the patriots and the eastern stick led los angeles chargers um and weirdly the lions are giving up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing defenses over the last month um it's risky cuz they could explode at any time but they have really not been playing well.
1: You know they're terrible
3: now.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah okay, and Eric, and that, I I am actually shocked that the broncos are that available, 90% available. Of course, I want to I want to mention uh, not in your league, whoever's listening, right? To this, right.
1: Of course, not. Of course, the, not in your league.
2: The Broncos were drafted before Patrick Palms in your league. So, you've been yeah. riding the
1: Broncos since the Jimmy Carter administration. Uh, yeah. where, I don't know where the media has been on this. They were the team of the decade of the 80s, and, and they were <laughs> the team one of the teams of the decade of the 90s, uh, teams of the decades of the teens. Uh, yeah. well, by the way, the, none of the, you know one of the reasons nostalgia is dead. By the way, for the modern oh, okay. century, is we didn't know what to call the decades.
2: Oh yeah, no, no, there are no more decades because we, we don't know what to call it. Except well, we're back, North we're North
1: back North. in the 20s now. I've still never heard anyone say the 20s, but I think they're going to start no. saying
2: it soon. i anyway, I
1: just it. took it very, very,
2: yeah. very. Oh, but okay, very okay. Far but, but folks, like <laughs> like if you're stashing a defense, it, it needs to be the Broncos because that is a that is a great great schedule. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, by many measures, there has been no defense better in the entire NFL than the Broncos over the past month or two. But except yeah.
1: for maybe the Vikings, the Vikings have at Jake yeah. Browning versus matter. the aforementioned Lions. The Lions apparently the way the Lions play is gonna be the key to like the right. entire fantasy playoffs. Then the at the pa- excuse me, not at versus the Packers in week 17. Do you have anything on the Vikings, Eric? Um, I, we've just been scarily good.
3: Yeah, I do. They're actually, they're 15th for me only because um, the Jake Browning led uh, Bengals are giving up the 16th most fantasy points. So they're pretty much right in the middle of the pack. We obviously know there's a lot of talented players around Browning. Um, I think the last two weeks inflated them a little bit because the Jaguars and Colts secondaries are problematic, um, which kind of helped him boost his totals and the Bengals offensive totals. The Packers have, you know, if you ignore last night's game, the Packers were playing really great football for about a month. Um, so it's one of those things where like, was last night the true offense? Um, was-
1: no, we've lost Eric again. Eric, we've lost you again. That's a shame. But I'll say I, I'm I'm a Viking stand. They, they, the, the Browning, they're ending in the Browning thing, Denny. Then the Goff, they're ending the Jared Goff thing once and for all. Jared Goff no longer getting away with it. Then even Jordan Love. They're Jordan Love, they're ending the Jordan Love thing. He's not gonna be the starter next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, not true.
2: Wow. But, well you really are yeah. on board. Yeah. I'm all are on board we, the Vikings are we back, we go, are we, We're back. Are we back. You just
1: missed me saying are, that you're wrong about the Vikings. They're yeah. ending careers during the yes. fantasy playoffs.
3: Um, I don't know what this this stupid expensive microphone keeps cutting out on me. Um the the Packers thing also just to say, like are they gonna be in the playoff hunt? Is Aaron Jones gonna play? um in that week 17 game i mean that kind of adds a little bit to it as well is christian watson back we don't know he's never back um but you know if he plays if they're full strength um you know that that changes that matchup a little bit in terms of whether you want to play the vikings or not um denny mentioned the broncos before i just lo- i love Pairing defenses right in the playoffs. So, like the Dolphins, people have been riding the Dolphins forever, and they've been really good. But that schedule after this Jets game this week is terrible. Um, They play the Cowboys and the Ravens, um, and you don't want you don't really don't want to start them in either one of those. So, if you could pick up the Broncos, and maybe you don't play the Broncos against the Lions this week, but then you play the Broncos against the Patriots and Chargers, and you jettison the Dolphins. Um, you can kind of make those pairings work for you and i think that's a really valuable strategy for the playoffs
2: i did have a question real quick eric uh, are there defenses that you know folks have been relying on playing no matter what week in and week out that you would that you would bail on right now uh d- d- depending on their fantasy playoff schedule
3: yeah, I mean, the, the Dolphins are one after after this week. Um, the Cowboys, I might not bail on because we talked about that Lions matchup in Week 17 as maybe more enticing than we thought, but the matchups against the Bills and the Dolphins are, are not great. Um, so if you could find another defense um, for the next two weeks rather than the Cowboys, it's something I would do. Uh, the Saints are surprisingly rostered in 70% of leagues still. Um, they really haven't been delivering of late, and you know the giants are you know tommy Cutlets is really turning the corner um that's still a fine matchup but then the saints get the rams and the bucks and those are below average matchups um so i don't love that and then um i would say another one with the the ravens uh end with week 16 and 17 against the 49ers and the dolphins yeah. that's problematic um you know we saw the dolphins last night like you know, I mean, we assume in week 17, Tyreek will be playing. Um, and so that will make that Ravens game a little more difficult. So that's another team where I might be looking to play
1: the Ravens this week and then pivot. One of my takeaways from listening to you talk is that just, we really, really need Jared Goff to, we need his career to end during the fantasy playoffs. We need like two or three, three straight. Cause I'm saying, like there's a lot of games hinging on a Jared Goff yeah. is still good, and we need like a bunch of three pick intercept games from him. It sounds like. I thought
3: you team. were going to say your takeaway was I need a new microphone for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> One yeah. of your takeaways. Um, I'll just I'll say as a deep league um, option, the the Chicago Bears are only rostered in four percent of leagues. Um, which playing a lot better shockingly low uh they've averaged 8.8 fantasy points over the last 6 weeks they get the browns the cardinals and the falcons um the cardinals are weir- weirdly not as good of a matchup for fantasy purposes as we'd expect because um they haven't really been taking a lot of sacks or turning the ball over with with kyler back um but they're not a ho- they're not a avoid matchup They're just kind of not a smash spot, but the Browns have three decent to above average. Sorry, the Bears have three decent to above average matchups. If you're in a deeper format, um, I think that they could be a pretty sneaky option for you.
2: So I I do think that one thing folks have to consider when they're kind of lining up these uh, defensive matchups is like, is the quarterback on that team? Uh, playing in a way that keeps the offense on time like when justin Mm -hmm. fields was was disastrous earlier this season the bears defense was constantly in horrible spots and they were being destroyed from fantasy purposes right but now fields is is keeping things on time he's not making back breaking mistakes he's running more the offense is clicking and so the defense is in good positions right Mm -hmm. And, and this is the opposite of what's happened with detroit where where yep. they were successfully hiding Jared Goff with good defense and not lots of running now they they have not been able to do that right so now we can string defenses against the lions not 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 necessarily because things have have gone off the rails completely for the offense but more more so that the the lions defense is bad forcing Goff to be the guy and he can't be the guy yeah.
3: and you've seen that also happen with the vikings where the vikings defense has become um a, a team or the Vikings have become a team. We want to stream defenses against more recently yeah. because they're put in really the offense is putting people in really bad spots. Um, So that, that kind of adds to this other point that you're highlighting Denny, which is like, it's the playoffs. You can't get too hung up on like who got me here. Right. I know you may have been rostering this defense for six weeks, but it's the same really as any other position in fantasy. It's great that you were, you know, using, so such-and-such such player for the last four weeks and they got you into the playoffs. Um, if the matchup isn't good, you need to pivot, whether that's pivoting the, the player off your team entirely or to the bench. You can't just be beholden to like, well, this has worked for me in the past. We We need to kind of adjust. And I think the biggest mistake that people make with targeting a defense against a quote-unquote bad offense, which I want to highlight, is like Bad offenses in real football aren't always bad offenses uh, for fantasy football. Mm -hmm. So, for example, like I tweeted this out earlier today, we all watch the Steelers play and we're like, "Ooh, that's a bad offense, but. They give up, they have the they have the best turnover rate in the NFL, and they give up the eighth fewest sacks in the NFL because they're a super run heavy and cautious team. So when teams are really run heavy, they obviously don't drop the quarterback back as as much to pass, which means fewer opportunities for sacks, which means fewer opportunities for turnovers. Run heavy games also bleed the clock more quickly. So there are fewer plays on offense. So there are fewer opportunities for defenses to kind of make interceptions and sacks. And so low scoring games are great for your defense, but they're great at providing a safe floor, right? The Cowboys aren't the number yeah. one scoring defense because they hold opponents to low scores. They're the number one defense because they're getting turnovers and touchdowns. Yes. And so if you're not getting those opportunities, it's like, cool, you're, you're playing against the Steelers. That's six, seven points but maybe not 10 11 12 points so you just need to factor that into your your targets
2: and that's what makes the bears interesting this week against Joe Flacco and the, and the Browns is that there's going to be there are going to be a ton of plays in this game ton of plays mm-hmm. right i actually think Flacco is a good play and the bears defense is a good play they can happen in the same game folks
1: it's yeah. the same thing it's why we've loved facing Sam Howell Eric highlights like, a super uh, just incredibly important point about defenses is that yeah you want you want to be facing teams they're gonna to have to throw a lot. Uh, and maybe they will put up some points, but they like say the key is getting the sacks, getting the turnovers, mm-hmm. like sacking Tommy DeVito nine times if possible. Yeah. It's yes. very, very good. He did hey, not, zero last zero I know. Last for Tommy Cutlets. Zero it is crazy. He he's our, our guy is progressing shockingly quickly. Uh, he Daniel looks Jones. so much
3: better than he did before. I mean so we, don't know, we don't know we not want to
1: say, you know. Danny's in shambles. The Dimesman is in shambles. We've been talking about it the entire show. It's Jover for the Dimesman. It's real bad. Uh, Eric, any final thoughts on defenses? Or, or did, I think we did we leave it all out there on the field? We left it all out on the field. Just a
3: reminder, Wednesday morning, uh, you can see the, find the updated playoff defense rankings with a, a beautiful color-coded chart uh, to go along with it so you know which matchups are, are good or bad. And you can kind of like do a puzzle game and, and pair your defenses
2: that way. My last, my last thought, real just real quick, guys. And this happens. I, I would advise people not to have emotional attachments to the defense. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just because the Cowboys have been good to you for most of this year, doesn't mean you have to, you're not, you're not morally obligated to roll with them going forward. Okay. Like you you gotta detach yourself from that thing. Same with kickers. I don't care if a kicker was good for you last week, okay? You play the matchup.
3: You do. It. I'm going to play Matt. I'm going to play Matt Gay again. Negative
1: three points. Who cares? We're
3: going to well, run me. it
2: back out there. <laughs> I mean, they can bail on him. I don't.
1: <laughs> well, Matt Gay. We will never bail on Matt Gay. We'll never bail on our listeners, except for we have to right now, because the show's over. We're out of topics. We left it all out there on the field. Check out Eric's updated defensive rankings on Wednesday. Check them out though, right now, too, if you're listening on Tuesday night. There's good stuff on the site. It'll just be updated on Wednesday. Check out Denny's regression files dropping Wednesday. Check out my rankings for the first week of the fantasy playoffs dropping Thursday morning. And then of course, check out our week 15 preview show when Denny Kyle and I break down the entire slate on Thursday afternoon. So for Eric Somolsky for Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back later this week.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up?